0: Your call is important to us. Please wait for the next available operator. Your hold time is approximately 3,700 minutes. So, Jack, I ordered a standing desk last week. I think I get it um, next Monday. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Such this episode is so professional already. <laughs> oh. Do you have anything to say about standing desks or are we just going to move on to a different topic? Are
1: you going to keep that in? No. I, standing desks are interesting. I got a standing desk once upon a time thinking I was going to be healthy with it and I never used it. Um, that's, but that's quite a negative take. I think that you're going to use it much more than me and I think you'll be healthy.
0: Well, I got the one on electronics so I can sit my lazy ass down if I need to. Which you will do.
1: Day. I mean, let me know what happens. But I got a standing desk and I stood up to test it and then never stood up again and just didn't leave my chair (laughs) yeah
0: i mean we'll see we'll have to do a whole podcast episode no we won't that'd be really boring on standing desks um but i will provide an update once i've actually had it i'm actually just gonna wear i i had a i got a pro tip from one of my friends and she uses a standing desk um, and she said, um, pro tip was to wear shoes while you're standing. I don't wear shoes in the house cause I'm Canadian, but I am going to, um, use my gym shoes to stand at my desk. Cause maybe that'll help my posture or something. I don't know.
1: Okay. Yeah. What about a treadmill?
0: Um, I know so one of my friends is a ultra marathon runner and she has uh, she built a desk that she can treadmill and type on at the same time i'm not coordinated enough to do something like that i would hurt myself so bad every probably six or seven minutes if i had to walk and type and think at the same time who said that i would i couldn't
1: i don't know your friends oh
0: Oh, she yeah one of my friends has uh she built a desk for her laptop at her treadmill she can walk and type at the same time and i don't have that ability
1: (laughs) it's funny you should say that i have a friend who's a uh, world-class powerlifter ultra billionaire playboy and he said that you need to put your shoulders back and stick your chest out and that's how you should work all day
0: yeah, my wife comes into the room sometimes and tries to adjust my back because I'm like hunched over my keyboard, um, like Quasimodo typing. <laughs> so that seems like a good idea <laughs> to.
1: <laughs> I have a lock on my door. I can't even. But you have your back to the door. Um, it's sort of, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I can't do that. I don't know why that's in me. But
0: my desk is against the wall, which I think. If I put, I could put my desk in the middle of the room, which sounds kind of fancy, but mm-hmm. I've just always had my furniture against the wall. So I don't know.
1: And I like the idea, but I like, I like seeing the door in case I need to respond to an attack. So there's a bear in the house or coyote, gang of coyotes or, you know, mountain lions, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we've all kind of been there. So, so it's the Canadian experience. All right. Let's talk about SaaS subscriptions. Enough about standing desks and wild packs of coyotes.
1: Yeah, what are we talking about? What's angering you this week? Well, first I want to talk about what's angering you. What
0: were you doing right before this? And you don't have to name any names, but what were you doing right before we started recording this?
1: Yeah, I was on the phone for probably about 20 minutes trying to get a chargeback done to a company that has charged me now three times and denies having charged me three times. They insist that it's a bank error. It's like, I'm I'm not an idiot. You know, I'm not a genius, but I'm certainly not an idiot. And they're saying to me, you need to talk to your bank. You're it's just listing it all wrong. We of course are perfect and have not charged you three times. So I know I have to call my bank and it's just, it's just a headache during the COVID-19 times because you're waiting on the line. And I'm definitely not a priority in terms. I mean, it's not, it's not a huge charge. It's more about the principle. Your call so is yeah. important to us.
0: The next operator will be available in 57 minutes.
1: <laughs> they managed my expectations bad as well because the, I was expecting it to be long and then someone answered right away. And I said to him, Oh, wow, that was really quick. But then he forwarded me to someone else and they (laughs) took ages. So, Uh,
0: why is it so difficult? I think SaaS and subscription based business models get a bad rap because there are bad actors like that who make it so if you sign up. So, here's the thing I think if you sign up and pay for a subscription on the internet, you should be able to fucking cancel it on the internet
1: yeah you shouldn't have
0: to call them you shouldn't have to email them you shouldn't have to jump through hoops you should be able to click a button in their fucking software that says i paid for this on the internet i can cancel this on the internet why is that so difficult
1: yeah it's really not that hard and also just to send people emails you wanted to talk about this so what's been making you angry this week
0: um, SaaS companies that don't send me an email when they're about to charge me, especially on yearly accounts. And oh, even yeah. actually even some, so Netflix, style, I didn't want to name any names, but I don't give a shit now. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the zone for, for, for griping. Mm-hmm. Um, I never see an email from Netflix. Maybe it's an account setting that I'm just too stupid to know about, but I get charged for Netflix every month and I don't get an email from them with like an invoice, But that charge shows up on my credit card statement, which I don't always look at. And obviously I know I have Netflix and that might be a bad example because I do use Netflix every month. But there are definitely a lot of companies where I don't get any email warning from them and then I get a yearly renewal charge. And most of the time that's okay because it is a bit on me as a consumer to remember those things. But I just actually... Here's a good example. Um, I have a hosting account for websites that I have that I don't give a shit about. So it's just like, it's one of those cheap, like $3 a month hosting companies. And I pay yearly. They didn't send me any warning. um, And the credit card that they had on file for me had expired because I think I paid for three years in advance and that credit card has, uh, I've I've been sent a new credit card with a higher expiration date on it. So the only thing I did was get an email saying my account has been locked. And the only way to unlock my account was to pay for at least 12 months. So it's kind of a shakedown, like that feels like a shakedown. And they increased the price of my account by 400%.
1: And you had to pay that to unlock it?
0: Yes. And I was so pissed off and I was just like I don't have time to deal with this it ended up being like $200 American and I was like okay I'm just going to pay this and it's I'm going I'm mad at them but it's all I also understand that it's my fault I should have put a note on my calendar which I've done now and so I don't think so what's your what's your take on it before I, before I step back onto my soapbox what, what do you think about all of this do you think it's ethical?
1: I'm just thinking about yeah i'm thinking about how we do it because obviously if someone hasn't paid for a period of time we do lock their account Um, we certainly wouldn't hold i mean in terms of how we operate when someone's account's been locked they can still get a data export Um, but they would have to pay for the months that they didn't pay for it because we never stop tracking analytics so if you're if you didn't pay so say for example you were due in march okay Uh, let's say you were due in january you didn't pay until may We continue to track your stats. So when you come back in May, you do have to pay for um, the months you've missed in order to get the data we've been collecting. Because that seems fair that they haven't paid for a service, but we'll still do an account export anyway. Um, I mean, we're we're currently refining that. We're actually launching a new feature on this very soon. So the way I see us moving with that is when the account gets locked, there should probably be a download data button. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, which, even though they haven't paid for it, we still give them the data that we've collected. I mean, that, that might get stupid. Yeah. The, the, the funny thing with us, though, we actually think about it. We're thinking, what's the right thing to do? We also send A lot emails. I don't even get this impression. The, the whole point of
0: my rant is oh, yeah, we, we send, send tons emails, of emails saying, yeah. hey, you haven't paid. Or, hey, we send email reminders for yearly people saying, your um, yearly renewal is coming up. And you will be charged. Like, we send people warning emails saying that, they're, that we're going to bill them for something that they've signed up for an active subscription to. Not a lot of SaaS companies do this.
1: Yeah, we send it out, I think, a week before or something...
0: Yeah, seven, I think we have a seven days and then a, a one or two day before as well.
1: Yeah, and developers, it's not hard to do that. I mean, Stripe sends these webhooks out. You just need to listen to the webhook and then check if it's an annual subscription and then fire off an email. And people appreciate it. We've had lots of people thanking us and saying they're very happy. And very few people, I don't think I've seen a single person churn actually off of that email because it's a way of building trust. It's a way of not being a shitty company. When someone sends you an email to remind you, you go, oh, okay, I like this company. I mean, that's how I feel. And we operate in the way that we believe is right. And we both share the same opinion on that. That's the right way to do business. I think that
0: SaaS companies are probably afraid that, oh, well, if I send out a reminder that they're going to be billed, then we're going to see a higher churn, which isn't the case for us. Um, at least in an N of one scenario. It could be the case for other companies, but it's not for us. And, and the second thing is that if you don't do that, I think you're increasing your support because I think you're going to end up dealing with a bunch of angry people saying, Hey, I didn't know I was going to be charged for this. And I got charged for this one. I want to refund. And two It's now just going to take up time. Yeah, they're going to tweet about it. They're just going to get angry. So I don't, like, honestly, I don't understand why most, why it seems to be common practice to not remind people of their annual renewals. And it should be easy. In in Fathom, you click a button to cancel your account right in the interface. You don't have to call. My God, can you imagine receiving calls from people saying they want to cancel? I don't think we could mentally deal with that because if they want to cancel, they're not going to be happy.
1: <laughs> and what do you always say about churn? It's that thing of if someone's going to churn, they would have churned anyway. You always say this about emails. So it's not like you're going to lose a customer that's very happy with their service. If someone doesn't lo- doesn't want or need your service, they should churn. You know, why would you not want that? I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, send emails that are useful, send emails that are useful to the people who are receiving them. I mean, email marketing 101, that seems like a pretty good idea. But even if somebody did churn, it's just, they've just been reminded to churn out a bit faster than, they, like they were probably going to churn out anyways, if they see an email from you and, and, and decide to to leave because of it. So I think all of these, like, this is like growth hacks for SaaS, I think a lot of it's like bullshit. These like growth things for like, oh, well, you, you can't send emails. You can't remind people that you're going to charge them. I guess it's all bullshit.
1: <laughs> no, no. Where's my fucking invoice Netflix? <laughs> a lot of people, um, and I sometimes fall into this when they say they, every email they send to their customers leads to churn. Do you know what? We sent an email last, on Monday, zero churn. Isn't that interesting? There's a lot of people that got emails and not a single churn so that's pretty cool (laughs) people are happy so i disagree with the netflix thing though because i think that they reckon well no because if i get an an invoice from netflix what am i going to do with it i guess you don't write it off you don't write off netflix <laughs> yeah market research for that i
0: think I, actually i think i do write off netflix <laughs>
1: yeah i'm sure you do
0: well it's research for oh no you could because of your writing. i couldn't though there's for nothing writing and books and stuff i'm just logged into netflix right now i'm just seeing if there's anything um
1: you could write off netflix yeah i mean i couldn't there's nothing in my work that would let me write off netflix i'm
0: just seeing if there's a way in billing to get emails i don't think there is i I think that they've made, it's like some, I don't think they've made, uh, but the, yeah, there's no way to get but any. But uh, this is different. Uh,
1: this. I mean, if you do it through Apple, you will get a notification. Um, but if you do yeah, it direct. So Netflix is $5, $10. Um, Netflix, hold on a sec. Where's my plan details?
0: <laughs> Billing details. I think it's like $14.
1: Yes, 14 bucks. No, I suppose. And that's still... still want an invoice with that i mean i'd say it's i still say it's a bigger issue when yearly billing comes out and it's happened to me a few times i've been stung yeah where i get a big invoice and it does piss me off because i don't use the service anymore and now as for whether it falls on the consumer or the business i would say that it becomes the business's responsibility on the basis that there's so much going on in the average consumer's life they've got so many bills Mm -hmm. um you know, like I've got more bills than I used to when I was eighteen, for example, and just and a lot of them aren't on auto pay, and you have to think about this and plan for this. I do think we've got to do whatever we can to help the customer. That that's honestly what I think, because our job as a business is to improve the customer's life. It isn't just when mm-hmm. we provide the service; it's also what can we do to add or to remove from their their play. How can we improve their lives in other ways? That's how I look at it. That really is. Yeah. And like you said, it's trust.
0: Like if we trust, uh, if we build that trust with our customers by doing things like sending them an email, like, hey, your yearly plan of 140 bucks is going to renew next week. If you don't want that to happen, cancel now. It just builds trust. Like our churn rate is so low. I think partial, well, obviously because we have an amazing service. Yay, Path of (laughs) Analytics. But also because we do things like that, that build trust with our customers
1: you have to care i mean that's just what it comes down to someone can listen to this and say i don't really care it's more important for me to keep their money i don't care what's best for them i don't care what they want so you have to start from the place of i actually want to help this person that's just it
0: i remember i don't know if i told you about this i had uh an account with a SaaS company that that i won't name that they did the same thing. They locked my account. They didn't send me any notices. They locked my account because my credit card had expired. I hadn't put in a new one because I wasn't using their service because I forgot. And they made me pay to be able to get back in to get a couple things that I needed. Mm-hmm. And I think I went on a bit of a tirade on Twitter, as, as, a, as I do, i have known to, to do that. The CEO emailed me and was like, hey, can we get on the phone? <laughs> and I was like sure dude like let's talk about this because I'm a customer and I'm unhappy so he called me up it's just yeah it was it was a very awkward conversation and I was I was cordial with the guy but I I kind of expressed to him why I thought it was unethical the way that he was doing things and they're one of these SaaS companies that write all of these like growth hack articles so it was super it's just just fucking broy software i don't want to have a broy software company can
1: you please tell me who it was and then just bleep it out <laughs> beep oh i knew i knew that <laughs> what a waste i already knew that yeah, yeah i told okay. you about that he was such a broy
0: <laughs> ceo yeah i
1: don't like that guy yeah I, I honestly i used to think that he was this <laughs> this uh unknown chap was a really really cool guy and he started writing some things and i just thought dude you are so far gone I, better ble- I better remember to i better remember to bleep it out <laughs> <laughs> no I, I don't yeah well whatever no harm. we don't use their products yeah so.
0: um so this kind of leads me into another question um that kind of relates to billing and spending money. How are we as a company approaching expenses right now? And then I want to talk about personally as well, but first as a business, how are we approaching spending money during this pandemic recession um, downturn? Yeah. Yeah. Because it seems like in the beginning everybody was like freaking out about spending money, and now it seems like it's kind of leveled off. What what's kind of been our um, strategy for expenses?
1: So, as a business, we were already quite lean. We would we st- we've always been lean. we still are lean. We returned so two Lamborghinis. Just changed, yeah, we did. <laughs> Those leases were just too too expensive. Yeah. So no, we've always been lean. We're now just, we've been budgeting for, I mean, how long have we been budgeting for? We actually use an app called You Need a Budget and it's a really good app. It's basically envelope budgeting. So you have money come in and it lets you budget for the next few months and it always lets you know where you stand. So there's like a tax pot, that kind of thing. Um, I'm a bit of a financial nerd I got that from my mum since I was a kid she used to do it all on paper I remember she had this green pen and she would write down I'm not she was to the extreme though I mean this was a like a single mum, you know not a huge income kind of mentality where she would write down the numbers on each line of every receipt she had you know groceries this that and the other keep a running balance bills on one side <laughs> so I grew up seeing that right is this a so British I thing liked-
0: though because my dad did the same thing
1: well, it might be. And I mean, it was
0: on a piece of paper, and it was with colored know, marker pens. Working
1: class British, yeah, maybe, maybe, or maybe it was a generation thing. Yeah. I'm not sure. But that's hilarious. dad <laughs> did the same thing. But it's funny, though, because we're similar with our approaches to money in our personal lives, too. Yeah. So in the business, it's a case that, we, yeah, we have money come in. Obviously, some goes to 1% of the planet. We immediately assign that. Um, so we end up having these envelopes. And it just, there's no end of year or how much tax do we owe or how much do we owe to one percent to the planet this kind of thing we have it set aside and it just feels so good and we're just ahead of ourselves all the time but we cancelled i think one podcast sponsorship because it was a little bit on the higher side mm-hmm. it wasn't because it wasn't worth it it was just because we don't want to be spending out lots of money right now and we want to be limiting that and that's how we've changed our expenses i will add the note i mentioned this before in a few podcasts i think i mentioned this but Our approach to our customers has been, how can we add more value to the product? And funnily enough, Paul, once this data export is out, I am going to be looking at data, uh, sorry, uptime monitoring again, because that's an example where we can actually save our customers a lot of money. I've had a lot of people uh, messaging me personally, and we've seen it on the Twitter account, and they're saying they can't wait for this uptime monitoring feature because they're going to be able to cancel this feature. And that can impact revenue as well. If their site goes down, yeah. revenue can be lost. So this is the kind of stuff we're thinking about.
0: And I, I, a lot of it, too, relates to increasing uh, the value of our software without increasing the price. Like, Absolutely, we're not bumping yeah. our pricing up to $19 a month because we're adding uptime monitoring features or some new features. Our pricing still starts at 14 bucks a month, even though we're adding more and more to it all the time. Which I think that feels important to me where I don't want... It, it just seems like SaaS companies lean toward... Like, the trend is to lean towards adding more and more features to it and more and more pricing, and then the base price is 50 bucks a month. And that prices out Yikes. most of the people who use Fathom. That would price out, I think, most of the people that use Fathom. I don't think many customers would pay 50 bucks a month for it when it has been $14 a month for so many years.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be fair. Yeah.
0: So what about... Um, what about personally? Like, did you, when the pandemic struck, did you go through all of your expense, all of your like household expenses and expenditures and be like, we're tightening our belt here. We're, we're cutting, we're cut, cut, cut everything. Or Is, it,
1: is this what you did? Where's this coming from? What did you do?
0: Oh no, I wanted to hear from you first and then I'll tell you my okay. neurotic
1: stuff. <laughs> no, no, my, we were, we already have a budget. Um, we, in terms of our spending, I mean, Buying snacks for the kiddo—that's <laughs> that snack budget's <laughs> gone up. Um, yeah, groceries, I suppose, are up. But the biggest thing, honestly, and this is a first-world thing—we wanted to plant some trees, right? We wanted to have a tree line in our property. Yeah, and we—that's that's not a cheap thing to do, and we were excited about doing that. But I said this: like, this is going to be too expensive. And uh, we have to still have to get a fence built because of the dogs. But um, we said no to the trees. So really, you know, I can't complain. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it hasn't affected us we haven't really done anything crazy no I don't think on a personal level much has really changed financially just being more mindful in general but yeah and we're not we're not rich <laughs> it's like oh, I don't care about money uh, it's just that we weren't really spending it we haven't got car payments you know there have been decisions that have been made to try and um, remove certain payments in the first place so they aren't there yeah um, so we haven't got yeah, nothing to worry about there, which is nice. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I did go
0: through all my credit card statements, business and personal, to see, okay, what expenses do I have? What can be cut? And there, there wasn't much, I think, as well, because I live pretty lean and I've lived below my means for like two decades now. And I definitely do splurge sometimes. But as far as monthly, I really do like to keep my monthly costs low. Right. So like there wasn't like I looked and I was like, I don't really like I don't want to cancel Netflix, (laughs) Um, but there's nothing else like groceries have gone up because I used to grocery shop at, I guess, three grocery stores. And I knew what at each grocery store was the best value, the best price and the best like if it was produce, then the produce from one grocery store is just better than the other grocery stores. And now we order all of our groceries on the Internet from one company. So we don't really have an option. So, but actually, I think our our grocery spending is about the same. So I think we're buying less and we're buying more fresh food. Because processed food tends to cost more. At least like hippie vegan. Um, processed yeah, I was going to say costs no, more. The processed
1: food. Yeah, I've seen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Um, so I think our spent, our net net of spending on groceries is the same. We didn't really eat out that we maybe ate out once or twice a month. And I think, I think we went and did contactless pizza pickup last week. Yeah, we've been, and that was about like, we still don't really eat out that much. And we put the pizza straight in the oven, put the box in the, um, in the recycling bin and then wash up so i definitely like i know all these articles like this is just feeding this is just making me less stressed i don't care if it's based in fact or reality um as far as like sure. you can't get it from from takeout food I'm like yeah that's fine but i feel better putting it in the oven and cooking it again um, you don't want to be the first person to... Exactly. To get- <laughs> and I, I still wash all my groceries. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm still... I'm not washing, like, pieces of lettuce with soap and water. But I'm giving them a good fucking rinse before I put them in a bag and yeah. leave them in the fridge for a couple of days. So.
1: So, uh, uh, without uh, moving away... Because at the moment, we're talking about us, right? We're obviously not typical um typical worker in the world we're obviously we've been working from home for before this even happened um do you know many story i mean because i i this is one of the things that really got to me you, i'd watch video and this is why i don't like the news but i'd watch videos of families that, that they want to work but they can't work and then they're struggling I'm like i hate that stuff man like when someone wants i've said it before on the podcast when someone wants it doesn't want to work and they're struggling and they're capable of working like you know fuck you i don't get no zero sympathy from me um but when someone wants to work and they can't work like that just that gets to me i hate that stuff so it just makes me sad so i just i don't really know i mean lots of people are having to adapt we've had the government's giving a few things um so yeah even us us talking about it feels almost i don't know because maybe our listeners are in the same boat as us for the most part so maybe it is relevant but we're in such a i guess you'd call it a privileged position yeah and i mean but
0: this is the like this is the only like privileged or not and i'm not i'm not saying that it's not i'm lucky that i'm in the situation that i'm in but it's also the only situation that i know so all i can talk about is the experience that i currently have and regardless of how biased that is in any direction, it's the only thing that I know. And I'm willing to hear how it's biased or privileged or whatever, but it's still just like, I only know what I know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not my thoughts. Yeah. We've had this conversation off record before. <laughs> yeah. I'm not my thoughts, yeah, yeah. but they definitely influence um, how I think <laughs> a great deal.
1: No, you're right. You're talking to what you know. That's true. And yeah, clearly there are lots of people that are, struggling out there and that's crazy to think
0: yeah and i mean i'm definitely doing things to try to um i guess assuage my guilt and even things out with like donations and fathoms done donations and stuff like that and like where we can help we do our best to but i still like i said i i only know um what i know based on the life that i currently have
1: so yeah dude you've donated a fuck ton to food yeah i don't think you talk about this publicly much but it's pretty stupid well it's good good stupid yeah yeah uh, the food banks are very lucky food banks that's for sure yeah (laughs) and i mean
0: i mean like i i think most people donate because it makes them feel better and yeah it does good but it still makes it makes you feel better as a human being it's a win-win yeah exactly
1: no one's losing (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) so um let's i guess so you still made donations
1: you're cutting down your bills but you've still made donations which is really
0: cool. true and yeah and i mean i guess i feel partially weird that my income basically is still kind of the same um but mm-hmm. i'm like well other people's aren't so if i can do a little something to to kind of even things out in like a small way but the only way that i can then fuck yeah let's get her done kind of thing absolutely let's talk about features i think that's a good i think that's a good um general paul and jack and fathom and complaining about SaaS in general update let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit about fathom and what the fuck have we been doing lately with our with our own software other than making sure people get emails when their yearly subscription <laughs> is about to expire without charging them first
1: yeah no kidding so my head has honestly been so just immersed in code i when we get things out i actually forget about what we've actually done (laughs) i really do this is a thing so we're just everything's intense and then there's this huge relief when everything goes live and everyone knows about it and everyone starts using it so if you've got any memories please could you start off with what we've changed
0: yeah, I mean, j- looking at the change changelog, um, we've updated how custom domains work. Well, I'm just gonna go through the list and then we can talk about each point. Yeah. So we updated how custom domains work. So custom domains in Fathom are now in version two. We did a huge refactor of how our embed code works. And oh, yeah, we've yeah. made it easy for our customers to ignore their own visits through a pretty cool little script. Yes. So let's talk about yes. domains. Okay. Let's, let's, I'll, I'll circle back to the start. What did we do technically um, for domains?
1: Okay, so I will go nerd just briefly, <laughs> but we couldn't have, so with our serverless infrastructure, we, we use AWS and we couldn't have more than, I think a few hundred custom domains attached to our environment. A custom domain would be something like dot. Um, pauljarvis.com that kind of thing Bo- so it's booby.
0: A .com. <laughs> and booby the bird <laughs> yes. booby is a bird it's a seagull
1: <laughs> <laughs> i haven't changed that yet i don't know if we'll change that yeah we're mixed um no, let's talk about someone one of our customers actually got a domain issue to them and it was booby dot their website.com and they said it was unprofessional understandably they said this is a bit unprofessional but the booby is actually a bird so we
0: grabbed a list of proper animal names from a github repo and so it was an honest mistake on our part i mean i like if that if booby was in my custom domain for my site i wouldn't i don't care the word unprofessional kind of I don't really have a good relationship with that, but I do understand if somebody is like, oh, "I'm offended by that." I'm like,
1: "That you're offended by boobie. that."
0: I do understand. He doesn't want
1: booby in his source code. That's yeah, what it is. <laughs> exactly, which one
0: hundred percent understandable. I don't have a problem with that. If somebody has a problem with that, that's fine. I wouldn't personally. I don't think. I think it's a bit uncalled for to say it's unprofessional when, um. Like you can he, wiki booby and you're gonna get a bird. He didn't know, no, no, yeah. no,
1: no, no. He didn't know it was animals. If he'd have known it was animals and he got that, it would have been a different story. But he would have literally created a subdomain, got booby back, and then, like I said to you, he probably thought, "Oh, they must have a list of you know arse tits, boob, all yeah. that kind of stuff."
0: Which I, I understand. Understandable. Is a bird, yeah, so. understandable. And I, I did, I did feel bad that he was upset about that. Um, to be clear. But it is kind of funny that there there are so a lot of animal names that are private parts. Cock. Yes. What? What? It's <laughs> a British one though, I think. There's yeah. Well, there, no, there is a
1: woodcock. Um, no, no, yeah, it's a cock. So yeah, yeah, a cock or, is a or
0: a rooster. Creature. Yeah, I guess. Or an ass as a donkey. Um, we don't have to list all of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways,
0: uh, cu- raining it so, back in custom domain yeah, version sorry.
1: two. Okay. It- So the custom domains, we could only have a certain certain amount of custom domains attached to the environment. So we had to come up with a way to have effectively unlimited custom domains because we have more than 300 customers by a long shot. Um, There's thousands of sites. What happens if people want, you know, this, that and the other? So I'm going to be releasing a blog post on this. But we went through and we went through three different solutions. The final one was we used something called Caddy. Now we have globally deployed infrastructure where we have, like a, it's called like an Accelerator. I've got a blog about this, so I don't want to go too nerdy. But we have globally available custom domains. Let's just put it that way. And we now have Unlimited. And people can set them up and they're typically set up within 10 minutes. We say, we say 24 hours or something, but it's normally done in yeah. 5 to 10 minutes. Yeah. And that was a custom domains Why do we have custom domains? We have it to avoid ad blockers. And yeah, whenever I nerd out, my brain starts going a mile a minute. (laughs) So I'm trying to get all my words out and drink energy drink at the same time. No, so their custom domains are done. We've now got a new tracker script, which lets you exclude your own page views. What else can it do?
0: Um, It auto generates an SSL cert for it. Um, we're We're using something called Caddy from Matt Holt. You can talk about that because that's that's nerdy.
1: I forgot about that. Yeah, so it automatically generates SSL certificates for your custom domain too, which is just incredible. Um, And yeah, Caddy are actually using Fathom Analytics now, which is really cool. (laughs) They're really fond of that. He said it's really nice. Matt was really nice about it, actually. He said he can understand why we're so proud of of Fathom. I thought that was a nice thing to say. That is nice.
0: Yeah. All right. And then our tracker code, we've updated that, which... Is a bit. It it wasn't done willy nilly because we understand that in doing so to use our new features, people have to change their the way their code is called in their own on their websites and their header footer whatever in their application. So we didn't it wasn't lightly decided that we're going to change the way our tracker code worked, but it does help us moving forward, and we're not going to be doing this every month, um, changing the (laughs) tracker code call, but we've done it in a way that we think makes it so much easier and it helps us move forward in the future Um, and then you can talk about all the technical stuff.
1: Yeah, it lays the groundwork pretty much. Before we had it, I mean, I never really liked the tracker code we had. It wasn't I wouldn't have written it that way, right? It was a hangover from the old times. And I wanted to add all these new features and I just felt like I didn't have enough control over the whole thing. So I thought, you know, if you wouldn't write it like this, let's try and redo it and let's see what it's like. And I was thinking of all these new things that we're wanting to add. And by the time I'd rewritten it, this was a serious consideration of, this should just be our main tracking code. We should keep the old tracking code online, but this should become the fundamental one. Yeah. Because people don't know that we've got a lot of things on the internal roadmap that we're going to be introducing to the front end code, and just having it so that it's my code that I can work with from, for a developer is just much easier versus working with this old code that just is kind of yeah. That's yeah. how I felt about it. And it's it. now one line. It's a line of code. It's oh, it's, yeah, exactly. And it's got def- you can use defer on it properly. Um, I think before, no, before did we have defer?
0: I don't I don't know if it worked. You could definitely add that to your... <laughs> I don't know if it
1: worked, though. No, I'm not sure. But we had all these complexities with custom domains, too, because the first version, you actually had your custom domain as a fullback. So you benefited from the CDN if it was available. But then we actually deployed our own, quote-unquote, CDN. It's not really a CDN because it's not just content delivery, but... We de- we deployed our own globally available endpoint and that meant you can use just a single line of code and you know people love it. People love being able to block their own page views. There's no extra plugin you have to use. There's no ad blocker entry. Yeah, it's just fantastic.
0: Yeah. And you can, I, what I like about it is you can add options to it. Like if you use uh, like SPA mode, you can put SPA mode equals auto or equals history or equals hash. You can have an excluded yeah. domains list. You can have an included domains oh, list. Yeah. You can honor do not track, even though and do not track is a weird one because it kind of doesn't work. <laughs> and it was kind oh, of abandoned just- by browsers, but some companies still have, in their privacy policy or whatever that they have to honor these things because we do have some customers who are bigger in the privacy space they still want to do things like that so we made it easy to add that as an option um to our code and we've also made it easier to work with um different cms's and frameworks like ember gatsby next next webflow wordpress Vue.
1: Yeah, been, there were a load of plugins flying around, and I just looked at the plugins, and they were really good plugins, but I thought to myself, uh, I need to do something about this. I need to just have it so it's much easier. You haven't got to install a plugin. You can just follow these instructions. So I went through, and, and I told Derek Arima of Static Kit, I just copied his code, basically, and just wrote some instructions, and I just said, look, dude, um, feel free to update your plugin, but we're just going the instruction route. So we, and same with Gatsby, they have a plugin, but when... We need to be able to release updates and then update everything at the same time. We haven't got control over the yeah. external plugins. Yeah, so that was one of the motivations. Let's talk about one of the one of the negatives we've had over the last few months. Um, one of the th- this is probably the most annoying thing we've had to battle was the is- issue of SSL certificates. Yeah, now, long story short. Not everything was working everything was in place and um we're speaking to AWS team and they're telling us that everything was fine on the dashboard a lot of you would have I say a lot of you maybe a couple of you would have had just trying to think of the actual tickets we had maybe three tickets I think just thinking about it so some of you may not have even experienced this but it was annoying for at least three customers and it was annoying for me because i was also a person who was affected by (laughs) this there was some ssl caching um aws couldn't recreate it and they said it was fine it wasn't fine and then in the end what happened was we took the negative having these problems and we made our dashboard and all of our infrastructure edge optimized which means that around the world there's like um Around the world we have an endpoint, okay? So like in Japan and the United States and the UK, there are these endpoints. So your connection to those endpoints are going to be faster than you connecting to the United States, for example. So it's like a I don't want to call it a man in the middle because that makes you think of a man in the middle attack. Um it's a yeah, like a man in the middle though, that it actually helps you get a faster connection. Dude, I'm really nerding out on this podcast. Yeah. But um Yeah, it makes things much faster. So we took this negative and we're like, you know, fuck this. Let's make this something good. Let's make it. And we made it much faster. Yes. So it was a huge win. So, I, uh, yeah, that was very, very, very stressful. But you know what? Take the good with the bad. And we came out with a better product for it. And that's what's important with those kind of things.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I think that's that's part of why I think we do well. um, with running this business is that all the challenges that we come up against, we think, okay, what can we do to one, obviously solve the challenge, but two, to make things better so we don't have to experience that challenge again. And it's really motivating for us. And I don't know why that is that it's, I guess our personality types where if something happens, we're like, okay, we got to like a fire is lit under our asses to do better and make things better. And yeah, do better for our customers basically.
1: Yeah. And that, yeah, that's always been the thing, which is really good. Yeah. All
0: right. So let's, let's end here. Um, Do you want to just, preview um, what is actually coming up shortly. You did mention it briefly, um, what we're working on right now, which is uh, data export.
1: Yeah, so with the data export, we haven't had the automated data export online for a while because there've been technical limitations with it. So whenever someone needed an export, I had to do it manually through SQL. Um, and, And that takes up a good amount of time if you have people asking for exports. Now, the data is obviously our customers. So if someone asks for an export, I'm not going to say no because it's their data. Yes, Um, But we need a way to have this automated. So I've been working on that. You've done the front end of it and we're we're pretty much ready to go. We've got to do some testing. Uh, This will free up a ton of time because I'm so excited for this to go live. So you can get all your data out. You can chuck it into uh, Excel or something like that and you can play around with it and yeah you can do what you want and it's really cool because we've had this on our list for a long time and i had a breakthrough the other day with how i wanted to technically put it together yeah and then we discussed it and we're going to be testing it probably after this this podcast episode we will be doing a bit of testing with any luck and then roll it out sounds good all right oh and oh yes one other thing yes I will be moving on to uptime monitoring very soon. Ooh. I've been speaking with Ping Ping. They're they're um yeah, they're eager. They're like, Jack, you said two months ago you'd have this done. <laughs> yeah, I know. But they don't care, but you know, it's just it's funny how I'm rubbish with deadlines. So we're moving on to that because I want to get that out as soon as possible for our customers. Lots of people very excited about that. So
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm that. I'm looking forward to um QAing and then releasing uh, these features. The promo. Yeah. All right. Let's go work on these features. You want to cue the outro music?